Hello, everyone, and welcome to another ADRA Canada Insider. And uh, who do we have here around the table? Well, this morning we have me, Michael Kirkby. And some new people today. Uh, Alicia, tell, yes, us a little bit about, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at ADRA. Well, um, at ADRA, I'm the engagement coordinator, and I'm also the receptionist, so I answer all the phones and the emails, so it keeps me busy. Yeah, great. Kayla is usually in your spot, but she had to be away at a convention today, so we appreciate you uh, filling in and taking her chair today. And also from the Supporter Relations Department, we have with us... Sonia Fraser. Hello, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sonia, for coming in today. And you are our guest. We are here to talk to you today. Yes. Sanjali. (laughs) (laughs) Now, why is it that everybody calls you Sanja? Sanja or Sanjali, according to Michael. A little both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, my name is spelled S-O-N-J-A, but it's pronounced as Sonia because the J is you know, pronounced as a Y. Coming from a Caribbean background as well, uh, where they pronounce every letter the way it's supposed to sound, I'm usually referred to as Sanja as opposed to Sonia. But it's even actually, down in the Caribbean. Even down that. in the Caribbean. Even if they're not in the Caribbean, but they have that Caribbean roots, once I spell my name, they'll be like, oh, it's Sanja. It's like, no, 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 it's Sonia. <laughs> well, all right, Sonia. Whereabouts in the Caribbean are you from? Well, I'm from the beautiful island of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. It's west of Barbados and south of St. Lucia. So it's not really known to the rest of the world because it's the lower Caribbean. I was born and raised there until I uh, came to Canada for school. That's great. So whereabouts in Canada did you land? I landed in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yes. (laughs) I fell in love with the the place because it's so beautiful over there. It is nice there. And so you went to school. What was the school you went to? I went to St. Mary's University over in uh, Halifax, and I spent about five years there. And studying with what? Yes, I studied international development studies. I had that passion, and I wanted to study international development studies uh, just to see, you know, if I can change that passion of mine into something uh, of a reality and, you know, make a career out of it. Right. And for those listeners who don't maybe don't know, International development is what ADRA does most of the time. You know, we're known for uh, responding to emergencies and disasters, but the rest of the time we spend doing community-based international development. And so as you were ending your course of study there, were you already in touch with ADRA by then, or how did you get from Halifax <laughs> to Newcastle? Oh, that's a funny story. I worked with the alumni office at St. Mary's. Um, we had a call center there, and I started out as a student caller, and then as time progressed, I got promoted to be a student caller supervisor. And I was still working there part-time even after I graduated. I remember one day I was sitting there and I was contemplating, where am I going to work now? I really didn't know where to go. And a voice said to me, go to Adra's website. So I turned on the computer and I looked on Adra's website and there was a job offer for the donor relations clerk. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a posting there. And I clicked on it. I looked at the requirements and I saw that the experience component uh, matched what I was actually doing at St. Mary's in regards to the student caller supervisor. And I completed my resume. I did a cover letter and I sent in the application. And a day or two after that, 
I received an email from uh, now my boss, Shamila, asking me for an interview. Uh-huh. Yes. And so we did a Skype interview for the first one. After that interview, I had a second interview. And then I got an email offering me the position. And I accepted. And I, and I packed up my books and my bags. And I came over to Ontario. <laughs> Well, we're glad you're here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just went on your first Adra trip, isn't that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I and where'd you go again? I went to Rwanda. Yes. Yes. In um, Africa. I went with Michael. Hey, hey. <laughs> and we had an amazing time there. You know, I always have a passion as well for traveling, but not just to travel to go to a resort or just to have fun, but to definitely go and make a difference in mm-hmm. people's lives. So traveling with a purpose. And so this was your first trip outside of Canada, U.S., or St. Vincent, correct? Yes. yes. Oh, no, and you've also been to a few other Caribbean nations yeah, as well. Caribbean so this was the first trip outside of the Caribbean and North America. Yes. 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 Rwanda. Yes. Let's talk about Rwanda, because Rwanda, I've been, you've been, Frank's been. Alicia, I'm sorry, you haven't been. Yes, unfortunately but, uh, not. <laughs> yes, someday, someday. Day. It is a beautiful country. Oh, I love oh, it. Oh, it's, so, it's amazing. I want to hear, hear your take on Rwanda, because, well, I was there to experience it, but I want people to know how you took Rwanda. Oh, Rwanda, it was mind-opening. It's a, it's clean, it's orderly, the people are so friendly, and just, just seeing the, the infrastructural development, you know, where all the roads were lit, they were, there was, and, you know, well-paved and everything. It was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was definitely impressed with the country. And so we went up to Embrace yes. first. That yes. was our first stop was up in Embrace, um, which is one of our big projects, helping mothers and, and babies. And, and so I just want to hear what you thought of that project, what you saw during that time that we were mm. up there. Maybe start with the scenery. What is it like? Yeah. Oh, well, it, well, it was in Nyabihu. So that's the uh, northern part of you Rwanda. You can actually pronounce that. Yeah. Well, yeah I heard such a hard time. <laughs> we, we, we practiced quite a we, bit. We heard it a lot. We heard it a lot for sure. So Nyabihu, it's very mountainous. Um, it's also the place where they have the gorilla nesting. Beautiful mountains, lovely sceneries, rolling hills. Like mm-hmm. they call Rwanda the land of the thousand hills. Yes. And I know why they got that name mm-hmm. because it was just, you're looking out, you're on a mountain and all you're seeing is just more mountains. And then behind you, there are higher mountains than the mountain you're on. Wow. It's, it's a beautiful scenery for mm-hmm. sure. The Embrace Project. Tell us what you saw uh, about uh, what we're doing with the Embrace Project there in Rwanda. Oh, well, with the Embrace Project, we are definitely focusing on the health of mothers and their babies, both newborns and children under five. And what we are doing, especially, you know, just listening to the stories I heard from uh, the interviews of the mothers that we, we, we spoke to is the knowledge that they are receiving mm. through our projects, mm-hmm. you know, knowing what to feed their children, you know, knowing that I need to take care of my body be- while I'm pregnant and even mm-hmm. after I'm pregnant mm-hmm. um, was definitely something they're very, very appreciative for. And one of the things I heard repeatedly through the interviews that I had with the ladies, because that's the purpose of us going there. We were going there to get stories. They said Adra was like a parent to me. Mm. That to me was profound in the fact that the things that we know here in Canada as it's almost like second nature to right. them. It was so new, yeah. you know, going for checkups, um, getting vaccinated, eating a balanced meal, washing your hands, washing, washing your, your hands, hands yeah. you know, yeah. just yeah. doing that. U- using a latrine, using... like sim- simple things, but yeah, it's, sim- it wasn't ever taught to them. So yeah. 
Like it's yeah. it's second nature to us because we all grew up doing these things. Yeah. But yeah, I think as well, tradition has a lot to do with it. You know, if I'm accustomed to something and it seems to be going well, why change? Mm. Why make something better when it's working fine? And so, you know, just the, as I say, knowledge is power, mm. and just changing the way of thinking and saying, well, you know, this actually makes my pregnancy easier. Including this meal or this particular food item is going to make my child healthier in the long run making them stay in school longer, it's definitely, you could see the change in their communities. Mm-hmm. From or, that. or simple things like, oh, ever since my child started washing their hands, they haven't been sick as often. Yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Small, small changes yeah. and they're working. But we also we also attended a performance, I guess you'd say. <laughs> Do you want to talk yeah, about that? It was a community group meeting. Uh, they We went in and they did a, a, a drama about teenage pregnancy. Hmm. A uh, drama. It was mm-hmm. a drama. Yeah, it was a sketch. Now, was this the address staff that did it? Or no, no, no. It were... was the participants of this um, youth group. Uh, it's about um, sexual reproductive health. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premise of it was, you know, there was this young girl. She met this boy. But their parents never taught, like, I guess she never had the conversation about teenage pregnancy and abstinence. And so she got pregnant. And then the young man, he just, you know, said, I don't want to take care of that baby. And he walked away. And I believe there was someone who then came in who represented Adra and, you know, they started teaching her and giving her the support she needed to take care of her baby afterwards. Mm-hmm. That to me, using dramatization to show, one, you know, abstinence is best and two, that there's someone there to help you, even if you, you, you get into a circumstance like that. I found that very, very powerful. Michael, what were your thoughts on that one? It was just interesting to see the reconciliation that ended up happening in the end because the the people that represented ADRA were there to work with both parties, both the the male perspective and the female perspective, so that they understand that they are both very important in the the development of their community as a whole. And by not talking about these things, you are causing more problems in your community. Mm. So it's it's a sensitive subject, especially in these communities where it's a taboo. We, they don't talk about sexuality or, or sexual rights or health or anything. Like, that's just something that they don't talk about. Not even about. in school. Not even in school. And so this, this uh, community group that is there, is, they're now doing skits and plays and, and discussing these issues. And in talking to uh, two of the students that we talked to afterwards, this is something that they didn't know. And now they are, are learning about and, and they see the advantages to knowing these things and the community is starting to look at it in a different way in that we we need to talk about these things to protect our young girls. It touched home to me as well because coming from, you know, the Caribbean background, developing world, they also have that, that mentality as well of talking about safe sex, it's taboo. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really talk about it. it. It's the culture is changing now, but especially when I was, you know, growing up as well, it wasn't something that was discussed a lot. And what I saw was a lot of the young girls that I went to school with as well, they fed into that trap of teenage pregnancy. Mm-hmm. The benefit that I had was because of my church community as well, I was able to get that knowledge because those are some of the things that they would talk about during Adventist youth time. You know, after the Sabbath service, you'll talk about these things. We have discussions about these things. But not everyone has the opportunity to find out information and to ask questions Mm -hmm. and get that knowledge. And so it really touched home to me that whole, the group and the initiative that they're doing, that ADRA is doing in that community, especially for the youth, Mm -hmm. because it's definitely preserving the future of that community and getting them out of that cycle. 
what I really like as I've visited Rwanda, not only the Embrace Project, but the Promise Project, which I think you also went to, right? Yes, yes. yes. Is to see how these community groups that have received the ADRA information have on their own initiative developed these songs and dances and skits and drama yes. mm-hmm. yes. to, on, in a volunteer way, spread the message to other villages, the young people in other villages. And, and uh, I think that really shows how valuable they see the uh, information that they're getting of course. and uh, how they want to share it. Yeah, it shows that they care. They care about their community and they're going beyond just what you would say the project initial or core purpose is, but also adding these on. And these all help to fulfill the core of the project in helping with maternal and child health later on, because the more knowledge that the mothers have, the better on their children would be because they will pass it on to their children. And, you know, they're starting a revolution in a sense, a Mm -hmm. revolution of health in both the um, Niabu area and also down in Kayonza where the um, Promise Project is happening. The ripple effect. The ripple effect, yeah. Yeah, Sonia, on your trip to Rwanda, well, you had been working for Adria for a few years already. Yes. So um, did that trip sort of make your work a little bit more personal? Oh, definitely. Uh, one of my responsibilities at Adra is acknowledgement letters, so story writing. Mm-hmm. And so what happened in the past is um, either Sharmila or Frank or Michael or even Heather, they would go out, they will get the interviews, they'll bring back, they'll have the notes. And then it was my responsibility to then take these notes and make them into an acknowledgement letter, you mm-hmm. know, that go along with the receipts that our supporters would get. Um, and I was struggling, to be honest, I was struggling to bring life to the notes because mm-hmm. I could not visualize, mm. I could not personalize what the interviewee's experience was. Right. And so to me, I just couldn't get the stories right. But after my trip to Rwanda and, you know, just being there, now it's like, I can tell a story because I remember, oh, yes, I spoke to this lady. I know what she said. Just things that start flowing, even in regards to the context, her facial expressions, all these things has definitely helped to enrich my my storytelling mm-hmm. capacities. And I think, um, I, well, I haven't done any public speaking engagements as yet, but I think, you know, when I go out now and I speak to people, I can say, well, yes, I've been there. This is her story. I know this lady. And it adds a lot of authenticity to what we have to present. Yeah, it's yeah. like first-hand knowledge that you have First. now. Yeah. So after you visited the Embrace Project, you moved on to the Promise? Mm-hmm. Yes, and so down in uh, Kayonza, we are doing the Promise Project, and it's a mirror project to the Embrace, um, the same core work mm-hmm. that we're doing in regards to mothers and children under five. But there's also a bit more planting focus as well because Kayonza is more dry than Yabihu, mm-hmm. um, more families struggle to have food. Okay. So we are teaching them um, a lot more kitchen gardening. There's also that gender balance. That, that stuff stuck out to me a lot. Mm-hmm. Training about fathers and mothers in changing the perspective of the role of the mother in the home and the role of the father in the home. Mm-hmm. Because traditionally, it's the man goes out, he's the breadwinner. He goes out early in the morning, he does his gardening, he does whatever he has to do to make sure they have food food and money in the home and then he comes back mm-hmm. and he leaves most of the responsibility of raising the children and the health care of the children to the mother. Because of Adra and because of the, the Promise Project, they now 
are able to have a lot of balance where the father is now having a more active role in child rearing, have a more active role in helping around the home. And so taking most of the burden off of the mother. Mm. And that has helped a lot. Just the cohesion of the family on a whole. They're, the couples are actually happier together. Yeah, that would relieve some tension in the home. Oh, definitely sure. relieve a lot of tension. What stood out to me was a, a young couple the father in the couple, he he had a, a drinking problem. You know, he was abusive to his wife and, you know, she had to leave and she went back to her family. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until after Adra came into this community and started doing the men's group, it dawned on him that what he was doing was hurting not only himself, but also his wife and his child. And so he changed his life around. He did a complete 180 turned his life around and now he had they have a beautiful little home they're now happy you know i saw the baby it's a bouncing adorable little baby boy and you know they're just happy together and it's all because of the knowledge that he received through the project yeah because he never thought before that i guess that his actions were hurting in exactly, that way so exactly exactly great that he realized that and adra was able to do that for him and Definitely. their family yeah yeah. yeah, I met that couple as well when I was there, and uh, I was very impressed with the change that oh, had yes. happened in that home. And I'm, he looked so proud to be a father oh, now, yeah. too. Like yes. it, it completely changed his outlook, I think, mm. on fatherhood and life in general. Yeah. It's really awesome to see that kind of thing happen. Now, they also have a very active uh, adolescent mothers group there. Did you have a chance to visit them as well? Yes, I did. And so we had interviewed a teenage mother. Maybe we should first of all say what adolescent mothers are. Yes. What what is an adolescent mother? (laughs) An adolescent mother is a teenage mother. So anyone... Like a single... She's she's single. She's not married. Um, Most of the time, she's under the age of 18. Okay. Yes. And so the stigma that is associated with a young, single, teenage mother is very very strong that's what i heard as well it's like in they rwanda are kind of living in the shadows yes they don't want to walk down the road even holding their baby no no so. and so we we had an interview with a mother like that and just looking at her facial expression as she recounted the story you could see the pain that she had been through mm. you know the the stigma it's almost like she was shunned like she did something wrong right. like she was the bad person mm. and you know just listening to her story, it was very heart-wrenching for me, especially just seeing her pain. And so, you know, I really wanted to to get to the part of how Adra changed her life in this in this uh, interview. What, what stood out to me in her conversation was she said, with the Adra Project, they started an adolescent mother's group where other mothers who had a similar story would come together and they would discuss about health. They would discuss about going and having checkups. And she said she found the support she needed to be able to come back to society. Mm. You know, she was no longer feeling like if she was being shunned and into the corner and into the shadows, but she had someone there who's saying, you know what, it's okay, we are here for you. And that made a great difference in her life. And she can walk down the road with pride And now. she can, mm-hmm. she walked down the road with the other mothers you know they all band together and they walk and they support each other and i i found that so profound and so after that interview the staff member from adrowanda they said come come let's show you the actual group because they were meeting just at that time Mm -hmm. and and so we walked in and you know as soon after they made the introduction that adra is here they just broke into singing Um. you know they were singing and dancing and clapping and they were just so 
so happy to have us there. And they all were saying, you know, thank you, Adra. Thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, thank you for making a difference in our lives. And then they had, Michael, you had to do a little speech. Yeah, I had to, I had to do a little speech. <laughs> yeah, which... like a little speech. And then Michael turned to me and was like, okay, Sonia, your turn to speak. Yeah. And I was just like, well, a I dare figured. in headlights. I figured. <laughs> I'm, I'm a man, so... I just felt very patronizing for me to do the speech. So I also had to have Sonia do the speech so yes. that they could get the female perspective, right? Yes, but I was, <laughs> I was a Darren Headlicer for a moment. But, you know, I afterwards, you know, I got in my thoughts and I was just, you know, just saying thank you to mm -hmm. them as well. And man, do they sing. Oh, they sang so beautifully. Yeah. They spent I was actually able to capture some of that on video. So. All right. So that'll be on the website. That'll be on the website. And as a reminder, the website is adra.ca slash podcast. And so, yes, and we were dancing. Yes, we were dancing. Um, so, well, yeah. I wasn't dancing. Was I dancing? I think you were doing a little, oh, no. <laughs> you were doing a little Michael was this doing always his fam famous little jig, yeah. as I would call it. No, see, this always happens. It's, it's, it's I, I get caught up in the moment, and then I start dancing, and I can't. And it's so, horrible. Yeah. But thankfully, Sonia was merciful and didn't get it on video. No, I didn't. I, I decided to spare him that. I appreciate it. Cause... Yeah, but they were, they were just so, so very happy. The joy mm -hmm. that was there and the, the gratitude. Yeah, it, that little building that they were all crammed into, like the roof was basically raising on it from, from the sound of their voices so, yes. and the joy that was within that building. If it's the same group, I think it is. The director or leader of that group told me that since they started, they have now visited all of the villages in their area, performing their skits and dramas mm. and dancing and singing and educating the young people in all of the villages at least three times. Oh, wow. So they've been so active with the information that Adra has shared with them, yeah. they've taken it and spread it far and wide. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. And then what was it, our last day there, uh, we had a unique opportunity. We went to the health center, the health clinic, and we were able to meet a lady that had just had a baby. Yes. Like that night she had had the baby and... Uh, she agreed to talk to us, which wow. was surprising. So that was that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and she had been a member of our project, and she had learned about things in, through the project that had helped her with the, with this birth. So it was it was really awesome mm. to be able to meet somebody who was so invested in the project and had just given birth yeah. to a baby that was helped by Adra. Yeah. Very fresh little baby. Yeah. You got some <laughs> photographs. We have some photos of this uh, with this mother and her baby. All right. We'll put those up on the page for this podcast. And what I guess what shocked me was the fact that she agreed to talk to us. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being like, "Oh yeah, I just had a baby last night. Yeah, come on in and we'll we'll have a conversation." <laughs> so. And also at that clinic as well, we uh, spoke to I believe he was the head doctor. Uh, yeah, he was the like the the head of the clinic. The head of the clinic, and you know, he we were just talking about the impact that the ambulance. Oh, yes. The yes, ambulance. the ambulance that uh, we help to provide to that clinic has made a difference in in the communities mm -hmm. that it serves. You know, he was telling me that, you know, since the arrival of the ambulance, the level of uh, mortality rate has declined significantly. Really? Be yes, yeah. because they're now able to g transport the people who are ill quickly to the clinic so that they can get the treatment that they needed yeah. as opposed to the traditional way that would take way way longer for yeah. them to actually come so he was really really grateful and proud of you know of the services that the ambulance has been able to provide to the community 
Well, I noticed, I was there about a month ago, and when we were there doing our filming, I saw that ambulance on the road, driving, active, at least four times in the, in the two or three days that I was there. So just the chance that I saw that mm -hmm. four times while I was there shows that it is being used. And uh, Yeah, it's definitely making a difference. All right. Now, just before we end this podcast, I, I want to be sure and point out that uh, in addition to all of our faithful supporters, we have some uh, major partners that help us with the both the Embrace Project and the Promise Project in Rwanda. The Canadian government actually is uh, our major funder for both of these projects. And for the Promise Project, we also have a wonderful partnership with the Christian Children's Fund of Canada and Emmanuel International. So we just want to make sure that everybody knows that we have these wonderful partners with uh, Embrace and Promise. All right, Sonia, thank you so much for coming in today. We really appreciate hearing about your first uh, trip with ADRA. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to hearing about all of your future trips. Yes. Because I assume there's going to be more. Oh, Every yes. Every time you come back, we'll have you in for a podcast. Yeah. Excellent. I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that uh, about wraps it up for this episode. And uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Bye. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>